Hello and welcome back to a new episode of The Worst Thing I've Ever Watched. I'm Colleen. And I'm Helen. And we are sisters who love watching terrible, terrible TV. I'm already off to a terrible start. You can never say that. We should have like a count of how many times <laughs> you can't say that. I was, before I started talking, I was going to be like, I feel like you should do this this time. And then <laughs> I literally fumbled it like on the second line. <laughs> I got through the title. The worst thing I've ever watched. We're sisters and we watch terrible TV. And then we talk about it. For you, it's all the teas. I think I can't get through. Yeah, it's a lot of teas. You've got to tee it up. A terrible sound for like a microphone. Like, are you rapping like a what's his name, Cody, the kid in this movie? Yes, dude. Halfway, like I got to the part of this movie where they're doing the dive competition, and I forgot his name, and I was like, "Is this kid's name Cody?" yeah and then I was like it's gotta be Cody and right? then it literally <laughs> popped up the subtitle Cody and I was like yeah. yes <laughs> so this week we are talking about a Mary Kate and Ashley classic the one and only billboard dad they have a dad they put him on a billboard <laughs> he's their billboard dad <laughs> the title really says it all over. <laughs> that's all that happens that's pretty much all that happens. I, I remember a lot of things happen. I remember loving this movie when we were we loved like, it. We thought it was, was the best thing ever. One of like the really good ones. And watching it now, I did not remember like thinking about it. I don't remember very much about Billboard Dad. Watching no. it, of course, I was like shot for shot, reliving like childhood <laughs> nostalgia. Yeah. But there a lot of things I remembered verbatim. Yeah. And there were a lot of other things I that rich, I was surprised I just rolling in the dough. Oh, and the, and the best part of, of his little scab is no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, my subtitle said that it was scam. I always thought he said plan, but. Yeah, I did too, but it's hard to tell with the fake British accent. Yeah, which you were right, was fake. Okay, so <laughs> Billboard Dad. The plot of this movie, oh, what I was going to say was, I wonder if some weird way this movie influenced me to decide to move to Los Angeles. Maybe in your subconscious, you thought it was going to be like, like <laughs> yeah, like, because I didn't remember that they lived, they're supposed to live in Venice Beach and it, they do actually film it there. Yeah. And the kids are just like, it's running it around. With, it starts with Ashley just like rolling around on her rollerblades down venice beach like she goes surfing and then she rollerblades back to their house conveniently really far away conveniently leaving out all the drug addicts and like pot and just i know men with tattoos like propositioning you (laughs) so funny yeah like the fact that the bikini there was no dog in bikini there. there was no dog in a bikini with a man scratching it with a stuffed glove on the end of a stick okay this is not the venice beach that i know maybe in 1998 that is what was going on in venice beach but there's still a lot of crack venice beach that i know she dirty 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 honey (laughs) and there's a lot of like 
weird shirtless dudes like working out lots of weird people lots of people like doing weird tricks and like rapping shows that like they get crowds to surround them and like like, money for they swing on like the monkey bar things at like muscle beach where they're just like oh yeah people are out there pumping iron i would never let my child no my like 10 year old like just run maybe they're 12 but still like Okay, I would never let my 13-year-old run around. I the whole movie looking for how old they were, and then they mentioned it a couple times that they were 13. Yeah. I was like, okay, I finally got their age clarified, but still too young to be alone on Venice Beach all the time. I feel like the entire first half of this movie is just like the school book of negligent parenting and like people not knowing how to cope with trauma and grief because it's literally just the kids doing whatever the fuck they want Mary Kate and Ashley are literally like parenting their father who like can't cope with the loss of their mother that happened two years ago like if this is their life now and they're like making scrambled eggs for their dad in a plastic baggie imagine what it was like right after their mom died like these poor children their dad is like the worst I mean, I don't blame him, but like, he's not being a good parent. No, he's depressed. Yeah. And yeah, so it starts out, we have Mary-Kate and Ashley. And in this movie, okay. are Emily Tess, and Tess. Yeah, Tess and Emily, which doesn't matter because no one cares what their names are in any of these movies. They're just Mary-Kate and Ashley. Exactly. You know? Like yeah. we, no one really like remembers what their names are in each respective movie it's just yeah I think the only reason that they probably even made them like other characters was just so kids didn't confuse Mary-Kate and Ashley with like the care the people in the movie yeah I think so because if their names were just Mary-Kate and Ashley I feel like kids would be like and then that one time Ashley did this but they probably say that anyway because they don't yeah I mean we didn't differentiate as children we thought they were like the coolest people on the planet so oh my god their hair was everything oh the hair is so bad (laughs) the hair is so bad and it's so good in this movie they have all like the Mm. twisty clip hairstyles that left the ends of your hair just like sticking out like weird feathers behind your head yeah it's a lot of that like static electricity kind of like twisty little space buns on the top of your head yeah yeah, so it starts out, at, I believe it's Ashley is uh, Emily and mm-hmm. Tess is Mary-Kate, I think. I think so as well, yeah. From my from my childhood knowledge, I, I believe because that's the Tess, Tess is the more, like, sporty one, yes. and Mary-Kate was always the more sporty one, and Emily was the more, like, boy-obsessed one, yes. and the one who was more, like, into, like, picking up social cues and stuff like that, yes. and so... Ashley was Emily because Emily was the one who's obsessed with the lifeguard in this one. Yeah, yeah. So Emily kicks off the movie and she's just like around Venice Beach by herself. So we get that opening shot of Venice Beach, but it looks way more tame than it actually does in real life. Um, And then their house is, it's like a converted warehouse where part of it is their dad's art studio. He's a sculptor um he does a lot of metalworking but it's like inaccurate because when they show his art studio there's some like 
bronze cast like kind of classical type sculptures but then there's also a bunch of big steel like yeah sculptures and the same artist would not be doing both of those styles in real life very curious um what your professional art opinion is of his art of his sculptures because I am they got a bunch of sculptures from a bunch of different artists and basically that's what it was like because they had some that looked sort of like a Degas sculpture where it was like a ballerina's body sort of abstract like female form right but it was cast bronze right and someone who's doing cast bronze is not doing steel like yeah working because how are you going to have the time like you wouldn't have the time and equipment for both of those things realistically unless you were at like an art school right because bronze casting is really difficult and really expensive and then steel work is totally different and you have to have like a whole welding rig yeah and he's like sawing the shit yeah and they have like a load he has like a loading dock which that makes sense for steel because you would want like all your supplies to be brought in more easily yeah but yeah it just it doesn't quite add up it's like they just had someone maybe donate a bunch of stuff right or I mean props like sculptures he makes sculptures sculptures, like yeah so they asked people the writer the writer obviously doesn't know that either because they say so the like whole plot of this movie is that their mom died two years ago like to when this is taking place and their mom was a ballerina which is why he has this like ballerina like Degas-esque statue that Helen's talking about in his workshop because he said they said that he made it of their mom maybe they just say she was a ballerina like a hundred times that's the only thing we know about their mom at all and then only personal fact that's our mom when they go to the sculpture so their dad is like mad depressed because he doesn't know how to handle his grief and process his emotions because he's a white man in the 90s so his children are the ones that figure out how to take care of him. And they decide that it's a great idea to put up a billboard of like a personal ad for their dad. Yeah. Billboard um, dad. Yeah. And I'll get to my rant about them painting that billboard. <laughs> it's so that I was like, first, I need to get for that scene. Like, you I need to get to my rant about the two girls making scrambled eggs for their father and freaking Ashley taking the scrambled eggs in like a baggie and shaking them up. And I was like, oh, that looks so gross. Terrifying. I always remember that scene because it's so gross. I remember it too. And when she goes, scramble, 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 yeah. while she's like shaking the bag around. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Again, like these and children the are keeps, themselves. He keeps mixing up like their kitchen utensils with his studio, with his studio equipment, equipment, which is so dangerous. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, they bring, him, they bring him breakfast and he puts orange juice in his cereal and then it's like, oh, why is this awful? And they're like, because you just put orange juice in it, dumbass. Yeah, we're not your like maids. and then he's like where's my blowtorch and they're like it's under the coffee maker and he's like oh like leaving your blowtorch around for your children to play with like thank god they are responsible young ladies yeah thank god they're like 
well other than when they go in the middle of the night and paint a bill billboard with them and also how did they get up there how did they get up there and literally how did they get there because they said that they live in venice fucking beach and that billboard was in front of the chateau marmont which is on hollywood boulevard bitch or no it's on sunset boulevard but still that is in hollywood that is like an hour away yeah how did they get there they didn't explain traffic did they take the bus did they take a cab that's like a hundred dollar cab maybe it was cody says that his like what 18 year old like dad's assistant or something some some oh, like yeah. 18 year old his dad is banging maybe like drove them yeah. that's a that's actually a good point yeah cody their friend cody who really likes tess yeah he has a crush on tess the son of some musician they never say a name but they he's always like my dad got this at his concert and yeah stuff. so cody like decides to help them with their plot to paint the billboard because the girls decide that the thing that will help their father become basically a functioning human again will be for him to get a girlfriend there's a scene they have this revelation that they need to help their dad where they're okay so they (laughs) like wake up in the middle of the night they can't sleep right they turn to each other and they're like, oh, dad is so sad. Like, what's going on? And one of them goes, what if something happens to dad? And the other one goes, like what? He dies of sadness. <laughs> the other one says, you've seen Jerry Springer. It happens. Yes. The Jerry Springer. I was like, oh, who is writing this dialogue? That is like the vaguest hint of suicide cloaked in a weird jerry springer show reference you've seen jerry springer it happens yeah like so weird they're addressing topics like yeah this is very like adult it's very adult they decide they're gonna like find oh it'll make their to get rid of their dad's depression they're gonna just set him up with a woman and yeah. they're somehow just like totally cool with this, even though their mom died not that long ago. And I feel like yeah. most kids would be like, that's not the solution to making our dad happy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would think. Like, that's what I would think too. Like, you would think that I think more often than not, what you see happening, this is a sweeping generalization <laughs> in divorce, is that the kids take a lot longer to move on than the parents do. Like like, a lot of the times I feel like they get divorced and then they're like open to dating within the next like year or two, but kids are going to be like, you're not my real mom. Like when they get married, like five years from now, you know what I mean? Death is even more like takes longer to get over. Yeah. Because you're you're like, they were literally ripped from me, like against my will. And they're, and they're like preteen girls. They need their mom because their dad doesn't know how to help them with like periods and hormones <laughs> and everything. Like, yeah. and he's also, I mean, maybe he could, I'm not saying you like need a mom. No, saying, he does seem- I'm just saying he's not, he's not being proactive and like helping right. them with what they need. He's not making them breakfast. He's not like asking them about school. He's not going to any of their diving practices no. or meets. And he's also like not concerned about their safety while they're just like running around 
the west side of Los Angeles. And they paint the billboard and what they write on it, I wrote down. I'm glad you did because I did (laughs) not. I wrote down like every single little detail. I wrote down what they write on the billboard. It says, he's single, he's handsome, he's cool to the max. And that's relevant because his name is Max. Yes. Interested? Question mark. Write to Max Tyler at 10 Surf Street, Venice. And then there's like a picture, like a headshot of him. Of him. How did they get that up there? Did they have to go to Kinko's, print a giant thing, and then like decoupage it? This is one of the things about this movie that makes no sense. And like as a child, you don't really clock it as much. But as an adult, you're like, they they go up to the billboard, which is a pure white billboard with nothing on it. Or maybe there's a thing on says- it your ad here in red so they have to paint over that white and then paint the black text but all we see is them with one foam roller one paintbrush on an extension and black paint and then somehow they're supposed to have executed this design painted giant letters covered the your ad here which was in red with white which we never see them painting with So it and had time to dry. Rendered a portrait of their father either by <laughs> yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah, like is it like glued up there or did they like magically, I don't know, project I have so this? many questions about they put a projector. The they put a projector on another building across the street and then like projected the photo onto the board. I also didn't understand why, like when they go up on the billboard, the girls are on the front of the billboard, like painting it, but Cody is in the back at the top of the billboard. Yeah, and he's and he, like, like lowers the paint down to them. I'm like, why wouldn't he just go up on the same level as them? There's no reason yeah. for him to be up there. Yeah, why is he? He's like dropping them the supplies, but over the billboard. Yeah, like he could have just under it. Them. I don't. How know. did they get up there? Do they borrow a cherry picker from someone? Like what? So a lot of billboards have like little stairs, like a little ladder that goes up the back of them and is fully terrifying. But it's like you literally just climb up like a scary oh ladder. And another plot hole. They weren't scared to get up to that billboard. But then later, Tess is terrified to jump off the high dive. Oh, that is a spicy contradiction. Doesn't make any sense. That does not make any sense because that billboard is like two times the height of the high dive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So the girls do the billboard thing and then naturally it gains the attention of the public slash media. Immediately. Um, Yeah, because there aren't bigger stories, you know, or any crime to report on in LA. So I'm like, when was, was OJ in the nineties? I'm like, what was going on? What was going on in this climate at this time? Because I'm sure that Los Angeles had bigger fish to fry. This was 1990, like seven or 98. I'm sure there was stuff going on. We were like small children. So I don't know, but five years old. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot. Yeah. OJ was the nineties, but I don't, I think it was, I think it was like 90, like one ninety. Yeah, this was maybe like, is this like Bill Clinton time? Like Monica Lewinsky? That was the 80s was that? more. That was not in the 80s. That was the late 80s, bro. Because Marley. the early 2000s was George Bush. 
And before George Bush, it was somebody really boring. Before George Bush, it was Bill Clinton. Really? I'm Googling it. (laughs) I don't know. I watched American Crime Story Impeachment, and it seemed very 80s to me. Yeah, Bill Clinton, I was right. He was president from 93 to 2001. Whoa. Yeah, so like all, all of our like, 90s childhood bill clinton was president so yeah I think wow like <laughs> i can't believe i'm just learning this now he was in the 80s president in the uh, 80s who was the president in the 80s reagan yeah there was reagan and then um after reagan was it uh after reagan i think it was bush senior oh and then clinton and then bush jr yeah i think so I think that's the way it goes. Yeah. Wow, Bill, what? I can't believe I didn't know that. Just goes to show kids, they don't teach you anything in American history class. Oh yeah, the Monica Lewinsky thing was the same year this movie came out. (gasps) I believe. Gasp. Yeah, 98. Gasp, wow. Wow. Yes, there are bigger things going on than this billboard. But this was a human interest story. The dad isn't even mad, though. He's like, girls, this is so embarrassing. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. He's more, yeah, he's more angry that they would, like, try to get him to go on a date than that they would deface a public, like, property. Yeah. I think they do say something about the billboard company letting it go. Yes, the billboard company decides not to press charges. And they're just like, okay. Yeah, they're cool. like cool, awesome. <laughs> and then like they get a ton of random women showing up to the door and they get like tons he gets tons of like letters and pictures of women. Yeah. Which I feel like that scene was also upsetting when they're going through all of the letters and all the photos. The lady who comes up. Yes. Because, so this woman the day after they put the billboard up, this woman who is just I think the way that they have styled her she's just meant to be a character like yes she's got blue eyeshadow on she's wearing all black she's got like big red hair and she's like oh I just had to come down and meet you I'm no good with letters I can't write yeah she's illiterate like what the fuck and they're like just a casual illiteracy joke don't worry about it it's not a big deal the dad says something like, oh, like, who are you here for? And she's like, I'm looking for you, dad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then the girls, they're like, you girls must have been the one that put it up. And the girls turn to each other and they go, cool to the max. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why when I was a child, I could not decode what they were saying and what that meant. And I was like, what is cool to the max? Cool cool to the the max cool to the max like I didn't understand it until this rewatch like really yes because Mm. that's not like because they're saying it his name is max so they say yes to the max using it as like an expression like it is cool to the literal maximum Yes. So what does it mean when they're saying cool to the max in reference to their dad? Like it's other just than a, it just being a pun? Yeah, it's just a silly pun. How was I supposed to decode? They're just all being that as a child. 
they're just being clever it's just a wordplay thing yeah call call mr a to z it's all about the wordplay oh no (laughs) (laughs) please don't make fun of me for how much i liked jason mraz when i was younger i'm not reading you at all jason mraz was fire when we were younger i don't know where he is now he's like cool now he's just like doing whatever i don't know now that i'm older and i see like his face and the hats it's like a little creepy to me yeah (laughs) i feel that the hats can get weird especially with the face but at age 12 i was feeling it (laughs) i'm yours um that was his sellout album just saying that was was his album you liked him before that when he was cool yeah when it was the remedy yeah that's a good song by jason as back to um okay sorry the max so (laughs) the billboard company doesn't press charges dad is like annoyed but he agrees to go on five dates and the girl is going to pick who he goes on the dates with from the letters yeah and then he's like if i go on these five dates then you'll leave me alone like stop bugging me basically (laughs) which is a lovely thing for a father to say to his children and Then he goes on a brief montage of dates and yeah, it's sort of like a medley of like one lady's too clingy. One lady is like, you're just going to dump me anyway. And yeah. then one lady is like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Got a little napkin for my little baby. Yeah, that was and then there's a French woman and it's a huge deal. She raises her hand to like get the waiter and he, she has armpit hair and it's like a huge deal. He's like, oh God. Wow. there are so many I'm things disgusted. that like date it in weird ways and a lot of the like why do the girls have to be strictly feminine and like why do they always have to have a crush on a boy like especially yeah. because Tess is like athletic and like sort of like kind of hinted at being sort of alternative yes it's very weird to me that they never like I mean, it was the 90s, I guess, so they were never going to go for that, but I feel like they missed opportunities. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the scene where we first get introduced, okay, so we're going to pause the recap, the part in the plot, but there are multiple plots happening here. We've only addressed the plot with the dad's dating life, with the billboard. That's plot A. It's just like the overarching plot. Yes. There's a subplot about the girls on a diving team. Yes. And that's where we meet like their other little friends and the friend Cody who helps them paint the billboard. Mm-hmm. He, his dad is a musician, as we mentioned, and he does this little like rap when they introduce him. <laughs> I wrote it down if you want Thank to hear God. It. I do want to hear it because <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, let me see where I get it. Oh, God. Okay, I got it. So Emily, uh, who is Ashley, is obsessing over their dive coach. That's her. In each movie, the girls each have like a crush. Hot bread. Yes, there's always like two boys that they're into. But in this case, their diving coach is like 16 or something. Or He's way older. Close to USC. So she says that he's he's on like the USC swim team calendar. Okay, so he's like a young adult. In Yeah, he's, yeah. So he's totally not uh, an attainable, yeah. It's just like a crush. She says, 
I can't oh help gosh. it. He's a hunkasaurus. Yes. <laughs> He's a hunkasaurus. And then that leads into Tess being like, why can't you just chill? Can you ever like not think about boys? And Emily's like, what? You don't think he's cute? And then Cody's like, that's not her type. And then Tess is like, oh yeah, what's my type then? And then he goes, a man who can jam, a dude with a dude, a dude with the power (laughs) can really rock the shower. (laughs) Yes. And you're like, what? Like, wait. What? A t- he's, oh, I said with the tune. a dude of power no I said a dude of power but he says a tower of power can really rock the shower and you're like yeah. what does that mean did that he just admit know? to wanking off of the shower That's what I was gonna say <laughs> okay and also I just need to while we're just saying this I just need to air a grievance that tv like taught me that guys like jerk off in the shower all the time and apparently that is like not a thing like yes yes that's not a thing and I was like like, I would always joke like to my partner and be like (laughs) are you gonna go jerk off in the shower and he was like no one is doing that like why do you always (laughs) make that joke like no one we were like because of Mary-Kate and Ashley movies don't I'm like because that's what they always joke about they're always like oh yeah I was in the shower for like an hour the other day wink wink I think that's only a thing power can really rock the shower if you like (laughs) share a room maybe with like a brother or sibling or like you're in a dorm and you're like sharing so the shower is your only place of alone time maybe I don't know Or but maybe otherwise, like, I don't you think go it's... you go in the bathroom to take a shower, but you're not really getting in the shower yet. You're like just sitting on the toilet, like looking at your phone or like whatever. They're sitting on the toilet looking at porn. Off on off. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know what men are doing. <laughs> I have no idea we what runs through that mind. We need to stop guessing or analyzing Cody's lyrics because I'm pretty sure they were just written by like this whole movie, the dialogue is written by some like weird 50-year-old white man. Yeah. And he just oh, yeah. like has no idea what kids are saying or doing. And none no. of it makes any sense. No. No. And he so- Cody asks Tess to a no doubt concert. And of course, like thankfully, one of the girls chimes in and is like, We can't go to the no doubt concert with you. Like, we're children. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because his dad, it, they they keep talking about No Doubt. I think they're, like, implying that his dad is, like, somehow part of No Doubt, but they never say. I don't yeah. know. There's another part of this diving team plot. So one part of the diving team plot is that Emily is scared of the high dive. No, no Tess is scared of the high dive. Because Tess, Tess is, is, like, one of the best divers yeah. on the team, but she's scared of the high dive. So Tess is overcoming her personal fear in this plot arc but then also there's this like punk kid who comes up skateboarding like to the pool and they're all like who's this little asshole I heard he's from Holly weird which is like so funny to me because Hollywood is like again like it's 45 minutes to an hour away like it's in the same city like (laughs) people are more weird people are equally weird in Venice as they are in Hollywood I would say weirder sometimes yeah, well, it depends on what drug they're on. But <laughs> he, like, throws himself in the pool. I'm confused on whether or not that was meant okay. to be an accident. So at first, um, his name is Ryan. Yeah. 
Yes. His we name learned is- his name later. And he's wearing an awesome, like, punk 90s, like, teenage dirtbag outfit. And he's got, like, the bleached hair with, like, the spikes that now is, like, back in style for some reason. Yeah. I don't understand Gen Z. He um, looks like if Pink were a boy. Yeah. Basically. If Pink were a young boy. But he comes in while, during dive practice, he, it's at, like, the public or, like, community pool. So there's other people there too while they're doing dive practice. But he comes in and he just like falls in the pool. Everyone laughs at him. So then he decides to whip off his shirt, climb to the top of the high dive, and then jump in the pool. And he does a cannonball. And everybody's yeah. like, wow. And that like regains his uh clout. He's cool again. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool again now. And he doesn't take his shoes off though, and he's wearing like combat boots. Yeah, he's wearing, like, combat boots and, like, baggy, like, cargo shoes. Like, I could not swim in combat boots. That's a hell no. No. Ew. (laughs) Yeah, so. So that's that. That's that. And he's important because he ends up being a character. Um, He ends up being friends with the girls, but he's also. So, resuming the dad plot. The dad Mm -hmm. goes on the five dates. They're all duds. He's about to give up and then this woman and her friend see on the news the billboard dad mm-hmm. thing and the friend whose name is debbie it's like oh one. yeah debbie's awesome debbie's like oh brooke brooke is her friend who works at the they both work at like this optometrist office brooke owns the optometrist oh office. okay i forgot he makes glasses and then debbie like works there or whatever i don't know what debbie yeah, does. she works there and she's her friend yeah so Debbie's like oh Brooke like you haven't gone on a date since you were divorced that was like a year and a half ago you should go for this guy he's totally your type blah 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 Brooke is like no that's weird why right. did he's he not desperate why would he put yeah. himself on a billboard that's fucking weird yeah she's like that's weird um no so then Debbie goes to meet up with him for a date the girls like help arrange it or whatever because mm-hmm. they're upset that the dad's dates were fumbles yeah so oh no he goes on a date with he goes on the debbie date because he starts throwing the letters at the basketball in his studio and he like like all night and he's like this one's not gonna make it oh and then he has like a huge pile of trash on the floor and then the last one he throws finally makes it and he's like wow i guess it's great oh yeah i forgot about that oh the dad yeah, so he agrees to go on this. And the girls are, of course, spying because when are they not? They're always spying. So Debbie is meeting him at this like open, this public art museum. Yeah, I thought like art museum. Yeah, and they're like in the courtyard area. Yeah. Um, but he sits down on a bench in kind of the wrong area. And Debbie's at like this other spot. So she doesn't see him. Mm-hmm. Because she knows what he looks like, but I don't think he knows what she looks like. No, he doesn't. I don't think her letter had a picture. But um, Brooke goes with Debbie for, like, moral support and goes to sit at a random bench, but she sits next to Matt. The boy dad. Yes, but she doesn't know because she, like, wasn't paying attention when Debbie told her about any of this shit. Right. And so he and her strike up a conversation and they kind of, like, hit it off. Um, And then the girls and Debbie see that they were talking and Debbie's awesome. She's a good friend. So she's like, why don't you two go to lunch then? Like if you're hitting it off, like 
you should what go to lunch. Good friend. She's like, yeah, yeah, you guys go and the girls and I will go away and I will take them home and you guys can go on a date. Yeah, which is so nice. But then the girls spy on the date anyway. Yeah. And they like break some vases or whatever. Oh, yeah. He says, the dad says, I'm going to take her for a drive in my convertible. And then the kids, I wrote, of course, the kids follow them on a date again, wondering how the children are getting around Los Angeles to do yeah. this. Because it's an adult can't get around Los Angeles. No, I really, really am very curious anywhere. how these children, and Uber did not exist. So it's not no, like they had a smartphone like, and they were like, I can just set it up. Like, no. You order an Uber and you have to wait like an hour for it because they have to drive in traffic all the way to get you. Yeah. Like, what the hell? How are they it getting anywhere? They're just teleporting. Doesn't make any sense. But again, I the guess rollerblading. the practicality doesn't check They're out. still rollerblading everywhere. <laughs> still that would take hours (laughs) it would take hours one time time some of my friends did walk from venice all the way back to hollywood and it literally took so long that the next day none of them could walk (laughs) (laughs) oh god they're like my legs are killing me they hurt so bad and they were all like so sunburned oh my god it took hours Oh God! Yes, yeah, so, so the dad is the going on a date. them around. They like, you know, pay for like a rose, like for somebody to come up to the table and give their dad and book a rose, and like they pay for a special dessert or whatever. And then basically, their dad is like, "I'm in love because I'm trying to nut." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Like he literally. He's so resistant to the idea of dating, but then as soon as he and Brooke go on this date, he's like, I'm in love with her. I want her around all the time. Like, yeah, the dad, he's the dad has a lot of like, around. He's he's around. He has a lot of signs of like being bipolar, maybe. It's like, I just like really unstable. Like, he needs some therapy. Or, like, he's really codependent, maybe. Like, I think so. His partner was gone. He, like, didn't know how to function. Yeah. And then as soon as he found someone to be, like, a new partner, he's, yeah. like, rushed on to them. He seems like the type who, like, really needs, like, a woman to take care of him all the time kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, like his take children. care of his emotions all the time. Like, coddle him and stuff. And so now his, like, daughters have been doing that. And the daughters are like, we're tired. We can't yeah. do it. The daughters are like, Please. we want our dad to take us for ice cream sundays again. Like, can like, we, we go and get an ice cream sundae, Dad? Can we get an ice cream sundae without him crying about nuts? Like, he was actually crying about he nuts. He had a meltdown because they got nuts on the sundae and his wife used to get nuts. He didn't even like them. He yeah. got them for her. Like, I never even liked the nuts. Which is, like, so real and sad. Yeah, I know. That part was really sad. Yeah. It was quite sad. It was very sad. Okay. I feel like now we need to get to plot C. Yes. Now that the dad is like happy because he's been dating Brooke. Yes. This is when like plot C becomes the main plot kind of. Yes. So the dad has an agent slash manager whose name is Nigel and Nigel is not a genuine man and he is a conniving little weasel as the mm-hmm. girls say they say that that guy's fishy and then she says fishy 
all you need is mayonnaise and you got tuna salad. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Wrote that. (laughs) Awful. So Mm. Nigel basically from the beginning of the movie, Nigel is like rolling big. Like he's got a Mercedes or whatever the fuck he's wearing Rolexes and like Armani. And so like right away, we know that he is a big spender. And then throughout the film we learn that he is actually in massive debt and Mm -hmm. max is his only client and he's basically like trying to ride the cash cow and milk it for all it's worth and he's worried that now that max is happy his art is going to take a new direction and no one's going to want it dot 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 But plot twist, the real reason he's worried about that is because he's been making like rip off, knock off reproductions of his sculptures and then selling them as if they're the real thing for profit behind Max's back. So quickly, that becomes like the main plot of the movie. Yes. And Nigel, which I feel is very important to say, I... I told Helen that it was very problematic that the only black person in this movie. What about Cody? Oh yeah, that's true. We don't know. We don't know well, Cody's. Yeah, he could be. He could be mixed. We don't really know what his. You know, you don't know what his parents look like. But yeah, yeah. we don't see his parents, so it's kind of hard to say. But he's definitely a person of color. And we don't know his last name either. Color in the movie. Yeah, and then Nigel is the only adult person of color in the movie and it's low-key low-key problematic that he is the only person of color in the movie and he's the villain and like the person who's stealing yeah and he's like a con man too like yeah it's it's that's kind of not okay but it's it is what it is he also has a fake british accent which (laughs) it's hilarious you don't find out i think that's why we like that's why we liked this movie as a kid because we just thought anytime someone had a fake British accent or like a fake accent, it was hilarious. It was amazing. It's it just like funny. because his was extra silly and he would say it was things exactly. like, Maxwell, come on, cookie, don't be like that to old Nigel. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, when Max is all happy because he's dating Brooke, <laughs> Nigel's like, you can't be gallivanting around with this common trollop. Yes. You oh, can't be gone. galloping around with this common trollop. Um, also, yeah. Nigel has this giant cell phone. It's like, it's bigger than his head and probably bigger than his dick. And it, it's, it's definitely like, bigger than it's his head. Huge. It's huge. And- the biggest cell phone I've seen. My favorite thing about the cell phone too is that it has the tiny flap that like comes yes. down to uncover the mouthpiece, which I never yeah. understood what that flap was for. It's not, it's not actually like anything you talk into. It literally just comes down to uncover like the thing piece you of plastic. To. Yeah, it's just like an extra piece of plastic that covers, maybe it covers the buttons so you don't butt dial, but you can't fit that thing in your pocket. No. So it's like you're butt dialing that. And he pulls it out of his pocket when yeah, he gets on it. And that's impressive. Yeah. So he, he has a lot of like monologues or like soliloquies as well. He's always talking to himself. I was going to say, it's they weird don't have any other that, 
actors for him to talk to. In the yeah, film. I was gonna say I noticed that towards the end of the movie, I was like, it's weird that he's like basically just been talking to himself and soliloquying out loud like his evil plan. It's very Shakespearean. Like he's very yeah. like when the main characters leave the stage, he's like, now I'll reveal my evil plot to you. Yes, I've been doing it all along. Like. And he's like, I'm the one with massive credit card debt who needs a new Armani suit. Yes. <laughs> who are you he talking to? In Armani. Yeah. He's not talking to anybody. He also has oh. these hilarious sunglasses that he wears all the time. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. And one of my favorite parts. Okay. So skipping over this part because personally I find it boring. We find out that the kid who's from Holly Weird, quote unquote, Ryan, who's like the rebel or whatever, is actually Brooke, aka Billboard Dad's new girlfriend's son. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, plot twist. So they introduce them like to the kids. And of course, the kids are like, you. And they actually dump a bucket of water on him, like right before they like meet him as Brooke's son. And he like, like is super cool him. and doesn't rat them out, but like they're such little assholes to like he's dump water cool, on him. He's actually a cool kid, and he's like he's going through a lot because his parents are getting divor- are divorced, and his dad is getting remarried. I guess Brooke's yeah. ex husband. So he has a reason to be angsty and like be interested in punk and whatever like good for him if he's exploring who he is and what he's interested in to get through his hard time that's a healthy reaction he's like learning coping mechanisms and he's actually himself in a way he's kind of like standoffish towards the girls at their first meeting obviously because the girls dumped a bucket of water on him and like laughed at him at dive practice yeah then he ends up actually being like quite nice to them and he's like nice to their dad and stuff too and their dad was nice to him, which was cute. Yeah, their dad like has like a nice scene. That is like, yeah, you know, it's it's been lonely having only girls around here. It'd be nice to have another guy around. And yeah, Ryan's like, like okay, yeah, nice. guy time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guy stuff. Guy stuff. So the first thing Nigel does in his <laughs> evil plan, in his evil plan, and no one's going to know, is that he's going to break up Brooke and Max. So he basically gous to see Brooke at her optometrist's office and he's like, I'm looking for new glasses. Mine are desperately broken. And so like while he's there, he asks her like questions and has a conversation with her and he's recording the conversation. And what he does is like play it back over the intercom in their house so that the girls hear it. And he like edits the conversation so it sounds like she's like a bitch and she wants to send them away to like boarding yeah. school or whatever My that, like, favorite, she, she and max are gonna move to italy yeah and like the girls are gonna go to boarding school or, like she's trying to get rid of them or whatever one of my favorite things in this whole movie is when he's Nigel's in the optometrist's office and he picks up these sunglasses at the end of the scene and he puts them on and he goes how do i look and she goes devious actually she goes she says yeah. oh, devious actually and he goes I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take them. Oh, it was so good. It was so funny. Yeah, and they're always using this intercom. It's like supposed to be like really cool that they're using this intercom to like listen to their dad in their house. 
yeah, their dad and Brooke having like adult conversations. It's like, you guys might hear something you don't want to hear someday. Like, I don't feel good about this, but that's how Nigel tricks them because he knows that they're always eavesdropping on the stupid intercom. So he basically tricks them into breaking um, Brooke and Max up. He like tricks them into helping and Nigel like brings a model over for Max to like sketch, which again, this makes no sense because he's not that kind of artist. He's a non-objective sculptor. He's sculpting giant steel things. Like like abstract shapes. Like it's not even abstract. It's non-objective. So it doesn't represent reality. Abstract is like you take reality and you represent it you're still representing reality but you're not representing reality in strict realism you're like making your own adaptation interpretation almost whereas like his sculptures are non-objective like they're just shapes and meant to look cool or have cool proportions or like right you know look however yeah so it doesn't make sense for him to have a life model there Right. But I guess maybe because he did that one of his wife that was like a cast bronze. Yeah, and like maybe he does other figure. art. Like I'm sure he was trained in other art as well, but like it doesn't really make any sense. So Nigel lures this model there and like gets her in a robe or whatever. And he puts out grape juice that is obviously meant to be wine, but is so clearly grape juice when he pours it in the glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that or cranberry juice. It was really red, like very bright red. Um, yeah maybe so he's Nigel sets up the situation and then the girls like call Brooke or something and they're like dad wants to see you or something and so Brooke comes over and she sees him with this girl and she's like fuck Max they're all the same they're all liars and cheats and blah 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 and so Brooke is like fuck you I'm not going to answer your calls or anything like that and then Ryan happens to stumble upon good old Nigel as he's like loading up his truck of knockoff statues and conveniently out loud stating his plan. Yes. Just so Ryan happens to overhear it. So then they the girls, the girls have their swim meet. Oh yeah. Uh, so the plot competition. Yeah. And Tess does her high dive and she does really well. And then Emily, Ryan, like so Ryan is really good at diving randomly. So he got a spot on the team, which meant since Emily sucks, she was kicked off the team. Off. And then Ryan pretends to have a tattoo. So yeah, he's like, I he can't get water. Yeah, he's like, I'm not diving today, coach. And coach Brad is like, yeah, you are. And he's like, no, I'm not. I got some fresh ink. And he pulls yeah, up his cargo good. shorts and he has like a bandage on his leg. He's like, fresh chat, bruh. Yeah, on his pale little, like, skinny 13-year-old thighs. <laughs> yeah, his leg that's your, like, oh, a child. Yeah, like, that's a child. That's a child leg. And supposedly having a tattoo on him, which no one also questions that. No. Like, how would he legally get, where did, where, why, where? Right. Everybody's just what? like, ah, dang it. Yeah, so then Emily has to dive. They all do well. They win. The squids win. Their team is called the squids. Which is, okay, you find out that they're the squids so late in this movie, even though the diving thing is a plot the whole time. They do. In the beginning, when they're introducing the dive team, they do see, like, our our team is, like, the West Side squids, Mm. and our rivals are called, like, the... What are the rivals? (laughs) I wrote them down. 
It's the Palos Verdes something or others. Yeah, yeah. Something. They have a very they're just called like the Palos Verdes swimmers or something. But then yeah. um but they go the squid. squid, squid, squid them, squid them. <laughs> it's like what? Squid, 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 them. squid Yeah. Go squid on them. Squid mode. Yeah, squid mode. Activate. Get them squids. Squid them. Squid. Squid them. Like what? Is how they said squirt them. No, they were saying squid. Squid. The caption said said squid, squid, squirt. Um, squids. (laughs) Like squirt them. I don't like the sound of that. I don't like squirt them as like. Squirt (laughs) them. It's like. (laughs) Squid, squid, squirtum, squid. Yeah, it's weird. I hate when they do that chant. I'm like, please stop, you children. So after they win the swim, or not, sorry, not swim meet, dive, whatever. Get it, get it right. The dive competition. They go with Ryan. They're just like sitting down, chilling, because now they're like buddies again. And they're like, oh, it's we feel bad. Like our dad and Brooke broke up, like. Blah, blah blah and, and Ryan's like, like well you maybe if your mom about? wasn't a freaking cheater then or he says maybe if your dad wasn't a cheater then my mom would have stayed around and they were yeah. like well maybe if your mom wasn't a gold taker then we would have had to get rid of her yeah and then he's like um that's not freaking true my mom's not a gold digger you guys are idiots it's obviously Nigel messing with you this whole time he's selling knockoffs of your dad's art and they're like oh what <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, yeah, let me show you. So he runs with them and they go to over here where apparently Nigel is always doing these drops with this truck. Yeah. Because they go there thrice to listen to him because they go there this time and then they go get Cody and Cody professes his feelings for Tess. He thinks to Emily, but he can't tell them apart. Even though he really likes Tess, he can't tell them apart. Yeah. And Tess is like, I'm Tess. And then he's like, oh. And then she gives him a kiss on the cheek because they're fucking 12. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I can help you. And so he gets this giant microphone. Yeah, he's like a boom microphone. His dad. And they go and record Nigel, like, again, saying his plan out loud to this man who runs the truck for him and being like, I'm going to be rich selling Max Tyler's knockoffs. Yeah, and then Cody makes like a little mix of it. So it's like, I'm going to be rich, rich. (laughs) Max Tyler's knockoffs. (laughs) Yeah, so the the kids put this whole thing together. They have this whole little plan. They record the thing. Cody mixes a single out of Nigel's confession which <laughs> is so unnecessary don't Confession know why that was needed but it is funny he wanted to it's his creative freedom he's, like, he's a musician okay he's an artist and they his their dad is having like an art showing basically and so nigel is like wahaha my evil plan is going to work i'm selling all these dumb idiots knockoffs and- they're never going to know Nigel does his little song, which um, Colleen and I have quoted our entire lives. I don't know why. This just like has stuck in our brains. Yes. He goes, Nigel's rich. Nigel's rich. Nigel's rolling in the dough. And the best part of this is no one's going to know. It's so good. 
I sang that like along with him and Mikey was like, why do you know this? He was like, did you like this movie a lot or what's happening? And we're like, yeah. I was like, I just liked the flamboyant British man, okay? <laughs> every You already every know that I love every flamboyant British man yeah. that walks this earth. Every little girl loves a flamboyant British adult man. <laughs> Armani, what's not to like? Yeah, duh, he wears the best suits. Yeah. So the girls, like, Nigel's giving a speech about Max or whatever and being like, he'd be nowhere without me. And then the girls are like, play it, Cody. And they put on like their little remix of him say, I'm going to get filthy rich selling Max Tyler's knockoffs. No, 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 knockoffs. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody's like, get out, get out of here. And Max is like, how dare you? We all know you're really from Jersey. Yeah. So apparently he's actually from New Jersey. And it was a fake accent the whole time. Yes. Plot twist. Um, and then Ryan and the girls help Max like make up with Brooke and yeah. Brooke on the billboard, uh, they like paint over it and it says taken. And then she paints glasses on yeah. his like picture because she makes glasses. So she's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. So okay. he, he originally thinks it's the girls and he's like, I told you guys not to do that again. Like, whoa, whoa. And then they're like, it wasn't us. And he's yeah. like, and who? who and, then like, oh. and then he then it's like soft music, like dun, dun, na, 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 na. and he walks outside and Brooke is there. And she says something like she says something about like he says something about like a great body. And she goes, Thanks, but that's not what I was talking about. I don't know. I don't remember. What did she say, like, did you see my masterpiece? Yeah. And, and he's like, I'm looking yeah. at it. And she was like, I meant the billboard. Yeah. She's like, uh, awkward. Our kids are right here. <laughs> <laughs> my kid is literally right here. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then they get back together. Everyone's happily ever after. The girl, the girls are friends with Ryan and Cody and whatever. And then uh Nigel. yeah they say oh we all lived happily ever after well not everybody and then they show nigel selling a uh, tapestry of dogs playing poker is that what he's he's like like that he's like come and get fascinating dogs playing fascinating dog tricks yes lovely tapestry (laughs) the way he says dogs fascinating dogs but that's yes. the only word that he like tries to throw another kind of accent on. So it's very awkward because it sounds kind like of- he's still doing a British accent. He's like, a lovely tapestry of dogs. He like sort of does a flat A with it though. It's like fascinating dogs. Fascinating dogs. <laughs> like what is dwarves. that supposed to be? Dags. Is it like a buffalo <laughs> accent? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to be Jersey. I don't think that's really Jersey. That's like... I don't even know. That's like Queens or some shit. Yeah, maybe it's like Queens. Long Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee. That's Long yeah. Island. Maybe. 
Um, shout out to the part of this movie as well where Cody has an identity crisis and starts dressing like Ryan. It literally is yeah. only for one scene, but <laughs> after the swim meet or whatever, Cody thinks that the girls like Ryan more. So he's like, this is the kind of guy that tests lights, obviously. So I got to like be that kind of guy. And then they're like, what? No, like we don't like Ryan like that. You weirdo. Like Ryan is like our weird brother to be like, we don't, we don't want to like make out with Ryan. We're trying to make out with swim coach Brad and like maybe maybe Cody but let's be honest we all know that Tess is definitely gay whether they say it yeah. or not and he ain't gonna touch nothing no and in the last scene he goes to like put his arm around her and she like moves it away and is like not that happy we're not that happy yeah, they're like everybody lived happily ever after and Cody's like oh yeah and she's like yeah and he puts his arm around and she's like not that happy yeah you do not have my consent, sir. Yikes. We need to watch. So obviously this is not going to be the only American national movie we watch. But I'm sad that on who, so this is available to watch on Hulu. We forgot to mention that. Usually yes. we tell you where you can find these In things. The if you're curious. But this one is on Hulu and there's only three Mary-Kate Ashley movies on Hulu. Passport and to Paris. Yeah. And then Switching Goals, which is not that good. I was thinking about that one. I haven't seen that one for a long time. I don't remember it being very good. Yeah, it's not that good. There's not that much drama. The best ones are... Holiday in the Sun. Yes. So it's this one is up there. Billboard Dad is up there. For, like, silliness, it's good. But not for, like, romance. No. Holiday in the Sun is good. For romance. And adventure. They get arrested in that one, don't they? I think so. They get arrested in New York Minute, but they're, like, older. But then um, there's Passport to Paris. Amazing. Isn't there one? Is it one in Rome? The one where they go to Rome? Yes. Yeah, that one's good. I don't remember that one really well. I, I saw like, Holiday in the Sun like a hundred fucking times. Yeah, we've seen that one a lot. That's the one where they go to Australia or is that the one where they go to Hawaii? No, that's the one where they go to Australia and the guy from the Hillary Duff movie Raise Your Voice is the love interest yeah yeah he's in a lot of movies like all from that like year he has that like one it's his like same role in every movie yeah oh sort of like like, mysterious cool guy who's an instrumental person yeah and I think it's kind of weird so I feel like he's hired in these movies in these like late 90s early 2000s movies as kind of like a token diversity because he looks vaguely, um, vaguely diverse. Like yes. he looks yes. like he's not white, but you're like, but I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know, so it doesn't matter. It's like that kind right. of. Weird vibe. But he's he's like, he's like le- less white than most whites. <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird. Like it's like just I find like it really weird. They say, you know, just like it is a phenomenon that lighter skinned people of color tend to like be yeah. able to be more exactly. easily accepted or whatever yeah. like white people are more accepting of lighter skinned people not yeah. saying that's and right but like- I'm saying that's real no, and I feel like the opposite there. there's there are the less white white people that were like you're different from us mm-hmm. I don't know like the whitest of the white people outcast the least white white people 
and put them on the level of like the lighter skinned people of color. Do I need to edit this out? (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're saying that like, especially in casting in teen movies. Yeah. Like they cast that guy who like, I don't know where his family heritage is based. I'm curious. But he looks to me like he's just a white guy with like olive skin. Because he's in what a girl wants also. And like brown hair, like blackish hair. So it's weird that like, it just is weird to me that producers are like, instead of actually casting someone who's diverse, they're like, let's just cast somebody who looks like they might be able to pass as like diverse light. So he's British. Wow, he's 42 now. Wow. How old's Amanda Bynes now? He was way older than her. He had yeah. he's way older than like her and Hillary. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Weird. It's not saying anything about his background. Yeah. I'll have to do a, a more thorough Google. Well, and also at the end of the day, it really shouldn't fucking matter. No. But it just in this conversation, like, we're talking about like you just feel like the casting fucked up in casting, yeah. like racially across all the lines. Especially in Mary Kate and Ashley movies. I just always feel weird about the casting and like the I don't class, know if there's the a- writing. I don't remember oh. seeing like black people in any of these movies. No, really, except for Nigel. And there's some very questionable, not even questionable, just objectionable dialogue. Yeah. The scene where um Emily gets out of the pool. Uh-huh. Tess asks her to put some sunscreen on her. Uh-huh. And Emily goes, What? I'm not your little slave girl. Yes. Oh my God. Thank God you remember that because I wrote that it was- down and I missed it. That, that was, was an really actual line. Up. That was so fucked up. Hell, who was writing this? And the fact that they like thought that that was okay to like make a child say is so fucked up. Like, I'm so glad you remember that because I wrote that down because when that came out of her little mouth, I really couldn't believe it. Like, I was really like floored by that, especially reading the subtitles. I was like, damn. Everything I'm seeing for this actor just says white. Well, there you go. That's it just is white. It, his description is just white, comma British. I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, see, so that supports the theory. They were like, "Ooh, this like ethnically elusive guy," and it's just like a white guy who can tan. Yeah, it's just and has dark hair. Like, so well. The um the love interests in Passport to Paris are like. I love the love interest in Passport to Paris. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Oh my God. I, this might be a dumb question, but I haven't seen that movie in so long. Are they actually French? Yes. Are they? In the, I mean, in the movie, they are. I think that they actually are though in real life. In the movie they are, but. I think they are in real life though, because they do have very heavy accents and it's really hard to do a good fake French. Right. One of them's 
name is Ethan Peck, that which sounds familiar. Josh Peck's brother? He's the grandson of Gregory Peck. That does sound familiar. He played young Spock in Star Trek Discovery. Okay, he's actually been in some stuff. Mm. Good for him. Good for him indeed. Password to Paris is still listed as one of his like first things that comes up though. He's like, that's where I got half my fans. But he is not French. And the other guy... Oh, the other guy is listed as a musical musical artist, mm. and he's done like the score for different documentaries, but doesn't really act anymore. But yeah, I don't think either one of them is. They um, do good little fake French yeah. accents then for youngins. I feel like we're gonna watch it again though, and it's gonna be it's really gonna be awful. But yeah. in my memory, it was very... And, confusing. like, the French model that they befriend who gives me Shania Twain energy and always has. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, we're going to watch another Mary-Kate Nashley movie for sure. And then there's the Mary-Kate Nashley... Oh, yeah, there is the... There's Win in Rome, Passport to Paris, New York Minute, Win- Winning London. Those are, like, the destination. Oh, yeah. And then there's Getting There... Our lips are oh, our lips are our sealed. Our lips are sealed is the one in Australia. Yeah, holiday in the sun. I think you're right. They're either in Cancun or they're in like Hawaii. Yeah, they're in some on like a tropical. Which vacation is like somewhere. those are not very different, but okay. Yeah, where do they go on getting there? I don't know. Like There's so many of them. There's also the challenge one. Oh, I remember that one. And I always loved the mystery cruise ones. That was on VHS. That was like not a real movie. That was when they were only like nine or something. They were really young, but I loved those mystery cruises because they had a little basset hound that would wear like a Sherlock Holmes costume. I love that shit. It was very wishbone energy, but the basset hound wasn't the main character. So... And then to grandmother's house we go. Do you remember that one? That is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I know. Of all the time. And it's so scary. I know. That involves kidnapping. It should be like a horror film. Like yeah, that should like be a horror kidnapped. film. And they're in like that truck with that creepy people. Okay. Speaking of kids getting kidnapped, I was talking about um how fucked up Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is the other night. And we should oh, have got to watch that. Because it that is, is so bizarre. The kitty catcher gave me nightmares. Yeah. But- ages ages and ages how the west was fun is one of their like really old ones oh my god (laughs) that was bad wow god there's so many those poor girls the hardest working girls in show business (laughs) other than their sister elizabeth yeah who is now one of the hardest working girls in show business and just very odd people overall but good for them i mean she seems more normal i don't think so really i don't know much about her she i don't know much about her either but i've heard some just really she's just like a very silly seeming person and i don't think she like keeps up with like social media and like stuff like that which i think is probably a really good thing for her but like she says a lot of things in interviews and stuff that make her sound like clueless and people are like lol how is she even real (laughs) like because I just like reading books and like walking my dog and I don't know she I saw an interview where she said 
So John Krasinski was in the new Doctor Strange movie that Elizabeth Olsen was in as the Scarlet Witch. And it was actually very good. I love the Scarlet Witch. But John Krasinski was in a scene with her and he like died very quickly whenever she killed him. But they were like, oh yeah, like how was working with John Krasinski? And she was like, what? And they were like, this guy, like, you know him, right? And she's like, no, I don't know him. I've never met him in my life. I've no, I don't know him. <laughs> and she was like, I know his wife. I know his wife. His wife is lovely. I've met his wife, but I don't know him. And they were like, you literally have a scene in the movie with him. And she was like, oh, that's so weird. I don't know him. No. Oh, my God. That's so I don't know about all that. I don't even know what Mary Kate and Ashley like do anymore because they were doing like fashion like lines and stuff, which I think they still own. So I think they they do own and operate some business entities, but I think more than anything, they're just like trying to recover from the trauma that this like childhood inflicted on them. I think they own, um, I could be totally wrong. I think they own like Halston Heritage or is like the name of the brand. They own like some some, like scale clothing lines. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a week what an episode what an episode there's a lot to unpack there we didn't even get to all of it i know i'm like there really was the 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 three plots really kind of like was complicated i am glad we mentioned that line though yeah i think acknowledging that was very important we both wrote that down to mention but then like there were so many ridiculous things so that got lost but that was not okay No, and I would say overall, like the weird subliminal messaging of this movie for young women, especially is really fucked up. Like the heteronormativity, the like femininity and the expectations of beauty and like how, especially like the dad and like his relationship to women and like how women are valuable for sex and like she's a gold digger. So we got to get rid of her. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that. I feel and like then, like the the depression issues that they just kind of like blow over and then Ryan dealing with like the his parents divorce yeah. and his dad's remarriage like there are some really big things going on in this movie I'm, I'm rating this up there as bad as like nine out of ten I think it's that bad yeah because the movie itself like the filming etc the quality isn't as bad as some of the other things that we've watched but overall, the messaging and it being for children, yes, and then also it being bad. I do feel like, yeah, I like because the holes, girl line, I have to give it like an eight or a nine because that's so unacceptable. Like an it's inexcusable. It's like ninety eight isn't that like ninety eight. You should know. Yeah, not make a comment right? like that. Not with not with children. Like for not for children. children's yeah. movie. Like You're writing that for children to say like not okay and that's like a casual line you come up with too like yeah like she was like don't put sunscreen on me oh I'm not your slave girl like what yeah okay yeah wow this is one of the things that we've rated the worst yeah because there's just so many things wrong with it yeah and so and it's also the fact that we liked it so much 
when we were little child makes it like very young children as like six eight-year-old children you know because I'm like how did that fuck me up like how did that influence me like I'm not very pleased to see that yeah now watching it as an older uh, as an adult well and I would never want like if I had a child I would never be like let's watch this movie as like a fun nostalgia thing because I would never want my child to hear or see so many of like the behaviors in that movie I also think like this was one of those movies that like we didn't really watch with our parents or anyone's parents this was like they would just get like we would just go to blockbuster they would get a vhs and be like oh it's mary kate and ashley it's rated g it's fine you know it would be on tv we just watch on tv yeah or it'd be on it would be on tv or we'd have a v someone would have a vhs of it so and it was rated g we just went by ratings like our parents didn't like previously like vet everything we watched it was just we went by ratings or what was on tv and what was okay to watch yeah it's got the Mary Kate and Ashley like stamp on it, so you know it's right. gotta be not like raunchy. But that doesn't mean that it's not racist. Yeah. Or there like, should be a rating for things for how racist they are, honestly. <laughs> we need like a rating. So isn't there's like the Bechdel test or whatever for like stuff being feminist or like yeah, anti- something female. sexist. Yeah. <clears throat> that we need that for racism. Especially in older film. Well, I feel like all older films. Oh, yeah. Films, well, because it's just majority. It's systemic. The systemicness yes. of it literally yes. is ingrained in everything. So, and, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate with like children's movies too. Yeah, it's really fucked up. So, who knows where we'll go next? Because this was quite unexpected, this journey that this film brought us. I was like, oh, haha, light and funny, like nothing to see here. And yeah, she took a dark turn. She's getting an eight or a nine out of ten. That's grim. Yeah. It's a baddie. She's a baddie. (laughs) She's a baddie. (laughs) It's not a goodie. It's an oldie and a baddie.